Money Savvy. This is the Money Savvy Podcast from MoneyWeb, where we tackle personal finance matters with leading financial advisors. Your host, Peter Mero and Soko. Welcome to the Money Savvy Podcast. I'm Bitumelon Zoko. Offshore investing has been a hot topic for years now. While some analysts have advocated for taking all or most of your money out of SA, others have championed a more balanced approach. What is clear, though, is having investment exposure to offshore markets is highly recommended. So which sectors are seeing great investor interest offshore? What asset classes should you be looking at? And what are the tax implications you should be aware of? Alka Brink, who is a wealth advisor at PSG Wealth, joins us to answer these questions and more. Alka, are you seeing an increase in people wanting to invest offshore? Hi, Botanella. Thank you for having me. Yes, definitely. I think over the past couple of years, but even more so in the last year and a half, we've definitely seen a large outflow when it comes to offshore investing. I think in two different aspects. Um, Firstly, in local dominated funds where people are investing in feeder funds, but also a large outflow when it comes to direct offshore investment. We've been seeing quite an increase. And what are some of the reasons people cite for wanting to invest offshore? I think one of the main reasons for South Africans, um, there's definitely a component of emotional reasoning as well. And I think it's um, a fear of political instability and economic instability in the country, which I definitely think plays a very big role, and therefore wanting to protect yourself. I think that's the main reason for wanting to invest offshore. It's diversifying your portfolio, hedging yourself against the RAND, and of course, all the other benefits that come with it, that you are gaining the diversification benefit of a different economy, different sectors, different fund managers, and therefore optimizing the the possible returns in your portfolio and also minimizing the risk you have. And what is the difference between direct and indirect offshore investing? So that's quite an important topic. I think most people don't always realize you can do it in both ways. So indirect offshore investing is an investment that is still dominated in RAND and in South Africa, essentially. So it is possible to have good offshore exposure in your local portfolio. So that would be in any investment you can structure um, on a South African side. It would just be technically RAND denominated. And here is what we call feeder funds. So it's still attached to offshore fund and you still have the benefit of the diversification and the, the offshore fund managers and the offshore asset allocation, but your funds are technically still in South Africa. Compared to a direct offshore investment where you are physically moving your money outside of the country and the jurisdiction changes completely. So for this, there's a few rules you have to comply with. Um, Should it be under a million rand, you can move your funds offshore without a SARS tax clearance. Anything more than a million rand, we have an annual allowance of in total 11 million then essentially. So an additional 10 million rands you are allowed to move offshore, but for this you will require a SARS tax clearance. And just on the the local front, is there still value to be found on the JSC or are investors finding better value elsewhere? There is definitely. And I think that's a very important aspect that we should always remember when it comes to building our investment portfolios and also monitoring the returns is that the economical side of things and especially even so much more in South Africa where we have added political uncertainty as well, that doesn't necessarily reflect on the market. In many cases, the market and the economy are not really related. So we are still seeing 
very valuable returns on the JSE. There are a few excellent listed companies and many of the companies are also double listed. So that actually means they are listed in other countries in the world, which automatically gives you that offshore benefit as well. So we actually did an interesting exercise in the last week or so where we compared the JSE performance since 2000 up until now with the S&P 500 and the JSE actually outperformed. So there is definitely exceptional companies um, and sectors to be found on the JSE. If this is the case, why is offshore investing recommended? I think it's important just out of a diversification point of view. And I think any resilient portfolio will always be diversified as much as possible. So firstly, diversifying in terms of economies. There's definitely different sectors and different um, equities you can get exposure to on an offshore basis. Also hedging yourself against the RAND and in that way, giving yourself a a strong portfolio that you can really protect yourself against anything that's most probably happening in South Africa and you'll have different exposure offshore. What are the sectors that are seeing huge investor interest offshore and how can you get access to these? I think one of the most popular ones are definitely the tech sector. I think when you look at the the large companies like Facebook and Amazon, of course, you can access on a local and a direct offshore basis. So for example, Amazon, you can also get in a feeder fund, but in a direct offshore basis, you can access these companies. Many companies are not, however, possible in a feeder fund locally. And there's a few different sectors, for example, a Johnson & Johnson, or should it be a Facebook or Netflix or Tesla that you will only find in a direct offshore investment. So there's a lot of opportunity to be found that's just not possible when you're investing locally. And then what other offshore investment um, avenues are available to South Africans? So any of these two routes can be followed in terms of diversifying your portfolio. So either just optimizing it on a local basis, you don't necessarily have to go the direct offshore investment route. It's not necessarily always the right advice for each individual, but at least making sure you are benefiting from offshore exposure in your local portfolio. So really analyzing how much of your portfolio is offshore. Um, And then, of course, considering the option of a direct offshore investment and at least also diversifying with currency. I think it's always important to to hedge a little bit against the RAND and ensure that you do have, have other currencies in your portfolio as well. And then you touched on feeder funds quite a few times. How do people get access to these and what is the, the minimum investment requirement there? So a feeder fund is actually a very friendly investment concept that, that most people will have access to. So the minimum requirements are actually quite low when it comes to investment vehicles, where on most investment platforms, the minimum investment would be 500 rands per month if it should be a monthly basis. But these type of portfolios are actually possible in most investment vehicles. From your retirement fund, you're allowed to invest a component of this even in a retirement annuity or should it be a pension or a provident fund that you have in place, or it can be an accessible type of investment. Should it be a tax-free investment or a voluntary investment? With When it comes to discretionary type of investments, and discretionary, I mean you're allowed to access them, so a tax-free or a voluntary investment, there's no regulation as we have with with retirement products. So you're essentially allowed to invest 100% offshore in these vehicles should you want to, which is a good diversification benefit for South Africans because most South Africans are, of course, very highly exposed to South Africa. We work here, we have property here, we save most of our funds here. 
So just making sure you're at least moving some of your funds to these different sectors and this different exposure as well. And then which asset classes should you be looking at when building an offshore portfolio? So this is also quite important as it can sometimes be very different to what the rules are in South Africa. So a good example, for example, at the moment is in South Africa, when we look at cash and bonds, it's actually a good consideration. Yes, with with current interest rate environment, the yield on cash is quite low, which is around 4%. But on bonds, we can definitely expect a higher return at the moment in South Africa, which is around 7 or 8% or sometimes even more, depending on which bond exposure you have. Where at the moment, offshore, you're not going to get any return at all for cash or bonds, just because of the, the current economic environment. So at the moment, I would definitely rather advise equity exposure when it comes to a global front um, and rather optimize on a South African basis your bonds and cash exposure. And this, of course, can change with time. But at the moment, I would definitely say rather focus on equity exposure. We know currencies can at times be volatile. How can you manage exchange rate risk? I think it's quite important to try at least to to time it a little bit, which is a difficult thing because it can be a bit of a timely process to physically start your offshore investment. It's not something that you can really do overnight, but at least timing it a little bit with the price of the rand. But together with that, it's always possible in a few ways to either do a bit of a phase in when you start off your offshore exposures and that way timing the currency to not make too expensive choices. But eventually, I think it also comes down to not trying to time the market. And I think that applies also to currency. And I think the RAND is one of the most volatile currencies also when we really start analyzing the RAND. So not really trying to timing time it, but at least following the long-term behavior of the RAND. And I think the longer-term expectation is that the RAND will weaken and to make sure that you will hedge yourself against that. But on a short-term basis, it's it's quite difficult to time it exactly. And then are there any tax benefits to offshore investing? Essentially, no. It's definitely more of a diversification benefit than it is a tax benefit. There are certain tax structures that you can structure to just make sure at least that you are optimizing your offshore portfolio, which is quite important because there are a few tax consequences that you need to be aware of that could happen when you have an offshore portfolio. But essentially, no, it's not for a tax benefit that it would be advised. It would more be out of a diversification point of view. And just on tax, it's tax season now. So what would you need to declare to SARS regarding your investments? So when it comes to voluntary investments, you usually receive a tax certificate, which is called an ITC3. And this will basically display what returns or what possible losses you have received on your discretionary investments. Um, So once again, accessible investments, and this will also apply for offshore investments. Um, And when it comes to retirement funds, there you'd of course have specific tax certificates, should it be for your retirement annuity. Um, So it should be something you're contributing to. And when it comes to your employer-owned fund, should you have a, a pension or a provident fund at work, you can use your IRP5 just to show the contributions you've been making towards these funds. But that's quite important um, to take into account. Of course, most offshore portfolios would also be added to your local portfolio and tax your tax as a South African resident. And this is your worldwide income. So to just take that into account as well. That was Alka Brink, who is a wealth advisor at PSG Wealth. Thanks for listening to the Money Savvy Podcast, hosted by Britamelo and Sorkel. 
To listen to more MoneyWeb podcasts, go to moneyweb.co.za or the MoneyWeb app and follow MoneyWeb News for daily updates.